0: Campers, welcome to Museum Camp. I'm Megan. I'm Madison. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. I didn't prepare for this at all. Oh no. It's okay. Um (laughs) to the podcast. To our podcast. (laughs)
1: Welcome to our podcast. You know what's so funny is that I almost said um that my name was Madison just to like throw you off. And then I'm glad I didn't because you were already.
0: (laughs) I was, I'm already yeah, getting off on the wrong, but yeah. I don't know. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty good foot. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, been going on with you? You know, once again, not too much. Um, <laughs> we did start the bear on Hulu. Oh. It's very good. I'm really enjoying okay. it. It's all, here's what it's reminding me. There's some truths that I have known about myself. Um, and this is really confirming this. I okay. would- you could not pay me enough to work in a kitchen at a restaurant. No, it's not oh for me. My God. It's like, uh, it's not my energy. It's not my vibe. I can't do it. No, Nope. Um, nope. That said, I would get in a
1: fight with someone every day. I just know it.
0: Yeah. That said great show. Really love it. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I'm trying to think if that's—I think that's about. Oh, the other thing, and I think I've said this maybe three times now in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, the new season of Alone is just—I
1: have to. I still have away. not
0: started it. God damn it! It's what is me wrong away. with me? It's
1: so good. I'm making oh. a note, and I'm going to circle it like 50 times. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that'll help? I think it should. If not, I will simply just text you every day about it. If you could, that'd be great. If you could just be my personal Siri. Yeah, my personal
1: Siri, even though I already have one. Yeah, you have one named Siri. I definitely do, but I it's clear I need a second one. Yeah,
0: a backup Siri, an alternate. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think that's the main TV that I've been watching. Um YouTube. I think I mentioned this to you off air the other day, but we have been watching, um, I think it's business insider has this YouTube series called regional eats. Um, okay. and I know that there's more stuff than just cheese, but we've only been watching the <laughs> cheese videos <Yeah. laughs> about how different types of cheeses are made, which is really interesting. That's amazing. Um, it has done weird things to our YouTube algorithm. I will say sure, as, yeah, as it will, yeah. you know, really cheese centric. Yeah. It's very dairy heavy now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but very brie forward. If you yes, will. <laughs> it is. It is. We watched the Brie one yesterday. Um, oh, good. <laughs> it was, it's very good, but yeah, the girl who, um, like hosts it is this Italian girl just fully living my dream life. She's just, <sighs> going to like France and everywhere in Italy and just eating cheese. And oh she went to Italy and did, there was one on pesto that we watched. Yeah. I mean, dream job. I'd have to get lactate to sponsor me, but mm-hmm. yeah. Can I just get like a, a lactate, like implant, like a drip <laughs> yeah, like drip. <laughs> a lactate IV. Yeah. Do yeah. those exist? Surely Hi. they do. Mark Cuban, can you uh, hello? Can, can you, you arrange that in your pharmacy? Figure it out please. <laughs> Mark Cuban's
1: pharmacy. Why is that yeah. such a funny concept? It's such me, a but funny but concept. Apparently
0: it's good. Yeah, I was looking at it the other day. It's good prices. Um yeah. and I love I mean Okay, now I'm having deja vu because I know I have said this before. Far be it from me to ever say anything positive about a billionaire. Sure. Yeah. But, the rich. We hate you. Yeah. But shouts out to Mark Cuban mm-hmm. for this specific thing.
1: <laughs> Great job. Great job, Mark. Um, um, what's new in your world? You know, as we sit here chit-chatting, I am sipping on a mojito, as I told you. Mm-hmm. Because the the mint in my garden is just truly popping off, flourishing. Yeah, it's popping off.
0: We love to hear it.
1: Um, but I started this weekend, I started the new season of Only Murders in the Building. How is it? Very good so far, Mm -hmm. of course. It's just you're just right back there. It's it's so such a cozy, fun show. Very cozy. Yeah. It's very
0: cozy. We love cozy. Love a cozy murder. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Sure do. Um, well, that's good. I can't wait to start it. Just so much yeah. good TV and not enough time, not enough time. I know I'm already planning on all the TV shows I need to download for when we drive from Colorado to Cincinnati. <sighs> yeah. Do you know what you're going to watch? Not even a little bit. Okay. We'll have to see. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it um, out. Last time Not last. Yeah, last time we drove to Ohio was for your wedding. And Uh um I think I told you about this, but we listened to oh yeah, I did tell you about this because then you listened to it. We listened to my dad wrote a porno. So good. Oh, because then yeah, we listened to it on our honeymoon when we drove out west. Yeah. And I was in tears the whole time. Literally so funny. And And I know this is like kind of old news at this point, because this came out years ago, but mm-hmm. it's so funny. Um, and then when we were driving, I was taking a turn driving and Matt um, took a video of like, he was like trying to like feed me pizza while I was driving. Um, <laughs> and so he like took a video and posted it, but he forgot to like change the audio. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and so pretty early on. Um, yeah. A friend of ours called that out and was like, "What the fuck are you listening to?" <laughs> <laughs> Belinda <blinks. laughs> <Blinda> blinked. Belinda <laughs> blinked. Uh, just absolutely so good. Um, so good. And Alice, wow. the 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 woman on that show, obsessed. She's the best, and she was on a season of Taskmaster. Oh, worlds collide! Wow. I'd like also, to watch that specific season. That season, we also there's a lot of people on Taskmaster from the series Ghosts, which I know you also love. I do love Ghosts. Season, I need to just you bite, need the to bullet. bite the bullet and watch it. It's my favorite thing. The season we're watching now is um, Charlotte Ritchie, who's the main the main gal oh, on Ghosts.
1: Oh, oh,
0: I love her. I know. It's okay, so good. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write this down. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some of my favorite compilations
1: so That's that you can watch idea.
0: those before you dive right in. Okay. Um, but I just I cannot recommend it enough. I will I will never stop this campaign of task. Okay. Well, then next time we record, it. I will have list. I will have
1: watched at least a compilation. one. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Great. Love it. Okay. Are we ready? I think so intro
0: best of luck to you best of luck and also get the fuck out Mm -hmm. what if one of these days instead of saying bye intro like our version of that is we just sing the entire time of your life by green day (laughs) I feel like we'll get copyrighted but um yeah potentially or they would just be like we're just gonna leave that yeah, we'll just let that be <laughs> just not worth it. <laughs> Nine foot pole situation.
1: Oh, okay, here we go. Raw Dahl said, quote, and above all, watch with glittering eyes the whole world around you because the greatest secrets are always hidden in the most unlikely places. Those who don't believe in magic will never find it. Magic is a term used to describe many different things. Some of the oldest cultures in the world have used magic in rituals and in medicine. Some might say they went on a date that was magical. Others might say, let's make some magic when they begin a new business venture. And let us not forget Magic Mike. (laughs) Sure, let's not forget that. As if we could. Uh, (laughs) But there is another kind of magic. The kind where dozens of people crowd into a theater to watch an entertainer perform illusions for their enjoyment. This week, we're headed to Marshall, Michigan to visit the American Museum of Magic.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh,
1: Oh. Okay, sources. Exciting. Two Atlas Obscura articles one uh, for the American Museum of Magic, another for the Houdini Milk Can, um, Wikipedia pages for Magic the Illusion um, and for American Museum of Magic, the Roadside America article for the museum, and of course, AmericanMuseumOfMagic.com. Of course. Okay. Wow,
0: I love magic. I love have you, magic. This is embarrassing. Have you ever, another show recommendation, have you ever watched Magic for Humans on Netflix? Why does that sound so familiar? You and Charlie should watch it. It's so- Magic for Humans. Good. It's, I forget, his name's like Justin or something. Um, I think there's like three or four seasons, but he just like does these magic tricks, illusions, if you will. Um, illusions. <laughs> they're illusions, Michael. Um, and um, it's like very wholesome. I always end up crying um, yeah. out of wholesomeness. And sure. it's just like, it's very good. And the, the magic is absolutely insane. Magical. It's truly mind boggling. Um, and so yeah, I, I will I definitely really watch that with Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Maybe I'll get Charlie into magic as his next oh. hobby. <laughs> okay. Yes. That'll be my goal. Yes. Okay. Um, from Wikipedia, quote, magic, which encompasses the subgenres of illusion, stage magic, and close-up magic, among others is a performing art in which audiences are entertained by tricks, effects, or illusions of seemingly impossible feats using natural means. It is to be distinguished from paranormal magic, which are effects claimed to be created through supernatural means. The supernatural, uh, and this is, that was end of quote, hmm. Uh, but we're going to quickly get right back to Yep. <laughs> Don't yep, worry.
0: Yep, yep, yep. I know how it is.
1: <laughs> the supernatural ritualistic version of magic has, of course, been around for many centuries. Uh, there's some evidence of entertainment magic in ancient Egypt, but we really start to see the more modern illusions coming into play as early as the 15th century. Hmm. Um, so let's kind of talk about some of the history of magic tricks. Um, From Wikipedia again, quote, opinions vary among magicians on how to categorize a given effect, but a number of categories have been developed. Magicians may pull a rabbit from an empty hat, make something seem to disappear, or transform a red silk handkerchief into a green silk handkerchief. Uh, Really disappointing one for colorblind. Colorblind, yes. (laughs) Damn. What big deal? He turned a brown handkerchief into (laughs) a different
0: brown (laughs) handkerchief.
1: Magicians may also destroy something like cutting a head off and then restore it. Yeah, no big deal. (laughs) And then restore it, make something appear to move from one place to another, or they may escape from a restraining device. Other illusions include making something appear to defy gravity making a solid object appear to pass through another object or appearing to predict the choice of a spectator, which is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Big David Blaine gal.
0: Oh my God. We love the Blaine.
1: Um, Yeah. Did you have like a favorite, like, cause I feel like the nineties and early two thousands were the time for street magicians Mm -hmm. and like,
0: TV shows about magic. Yes. Um, it was, however, since that is witchcraft, I was not ever really in a, in a place to watch that. I don't think my parents would have cared, but you know, the, the zeitgeist of the people I was around (laughs) did not. Sure. Um, It's very
1: interesting because that is like very specifically. And I think in some of my stuff, we talk about this, but like it is, um, like magicians, the ones who do illusions, like it's very strongly noted that what
0: they're doing is not supernatural by any means. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. I mean, it, it was just like one of those things where it was so divisive, like um, mm-hmm. Harry Potter and, you know, all of that, oh, that it yeah. was just like, if I, I wasn't like, you know, that interested in it as a kid um, sure. anyway. Sure. And so just like never and none of my friends were into it because they were all really religious so oh yeah I just
1: remember like we watched David Blaine I'm trying to remember what his tv show name was I can't remember Mm. but we would watch that like every single every single one that came out my family Mm. was you could say religious about it religious about magic (laughs) (laughs) But it was a lot of that, like predicting, you know, having someone pick a card. And, you know, a
0: lot of it was just like psychological. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah.
1: Among the earliest books on the subject is Gansioni's work of 1489, Natural and Unnatural Magic, which describes and explains old time tricks. In 1584, Englishman Reginald Scott uh, published The Discovery of Witchcraft part of which was devoted to debunking the claims that magicians used supernatural methods and showing how their magic tricks were in reality accomplished. Among the tricks discussed were sleight of hand manipulations with rope, paper, and coins. At the time, fear and belief in witchcraft was widespread and the book tried to demonstrate that these fears were misplaced. Popular belief held that all attainable Obtainable copies were burned in the accession of James I in 1603. Gotta love that. It's like, you know, this guy's proving that there's nothing to be scared of. We got to burn it. Right. We want to be scared. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. Scare me. Scare me, please. Until the 18th century, magic shows were a common source of entertainment at fairs where itinerant, itinerant, itinerant performers would entertain the public with magic tricks, as well as the more traditional spectacles of sword swallowing, juggling, and fire breathing. Those all, I mean, two out of the three sound very dangerous. Yeah. (laughs) Um, In the early 18th century, as belief in witchcraft was waning, the art became increasingly respectable and shows would be put on for rich private patrons. A notable figure in this transition was the English showman Isaac Fox, who began to promote his act in advertisements from the 1720s. He even claimed to have performed for King George II. One of Fox's advertisements uh, described his routine in some detail, quote, he takes an empty bag, lays it on the table, and turns it several times inside out, then commands 100 eggs out of it. And several showers of real gold and silver. Then the bag beginning to swell, several sorts of wild fowl run out of it upon the table. Uh, He throws up a pack of cards and causes them to be living birds flying about the room. He causes living beasts, birds, and other creatures to appear upon the table. He blows the spots off the card, he blows the spots of the card off and on and changes them to any pictures." So just really an animal guy. Uh (laughs)
0: From
1: 1756 to 1781, Jacob Philadelphia performed feats of magic, sometimes under the guise of scientific exhibitions throughout Europe and in Russia.
0: Jacob Philadelphia is such a funny name. (laughs) It's the original Hannah Montana. It didn't. Yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> that was his stage name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. End of quote. Uh, the modern stage magic that we know and love came to be in the 1800s. Jean-Eugène Robert Houdin, also known as the father of modern entertainment magic, opened a magic theater in Paris in 1845. A lot of the illusions and mechanisms that Robert Houdin used were pirated by his assistant and ended up being used by his rivals. What a shitty assistant. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't pirate, never pirate. Don't pirate, you're in Paris, not on the high seas, you dingo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's magic.
1: (laughs) Yeah, come on. Uh, one of those rivals was John Henry, Henry Anderson, otherwise known as the great wizard of the North. (laughs) I just, the thing is like, magicians names are always so grandiose and I I love it. I love that for them. (laughs) Um, now to talk about the man we all know and love, Harry Houdini. Um, Houdini took on that stage name to pay homage to Robert Houdin. Of course, a lot of what Houdini did was known as escapology. He was really good at picking locks and escaping straitjackets, but he also would use conjuring techniques as a part of his stage performance, including fake equipment and collusion with audience members. Hmm. I love that. I would love to go to like a, a scary conjuring magical thing. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. With Spook like me. mirrors. Mm-hmm. and smoke and all that are smoke and mirrors this?
0: if you will smoke <laughs> that's a different thing yeah um yeah
1: let's do it okay let's do it let's bring it back let's bring back like old-timey 1800s theater like small theater performances uh
0: yeah
1: okay love that <laughs> <clears throat> um so there are many many types of magical performances and wikipedia has like an insane list of them I have picked some of my favorites, so let's go through them, shall we? So the first we're going to talk about is parlor magic. Parlor magic is done for larger audiences than close-up magic, uh, which is for a few people or even one person. And for smaller audiences than stage magic, so somewhere in between. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. In parlor magic, the performer is usually standing and on the same level as the audience, which may be seated on chairs or even on the floor. According to the Encyclopedia of Magic and Magicians by T.A. Waters, quote, the phrase parlor magic is often used as a pejorative to imply that an effect under discussion is not suitable for professional performance. Also, many magicians consider the term parlor old-fashioned and limiting, since this type of magic is often done in rooms much larger than the traditional parlor or even outdoors. A better name for this branch of magic may be platform, club, or cabaret. Club magic. Club magic. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Can you imagine just like at being at a bar and it's like pretty busy and some guy comes up to you and just says like pick a card I would be so <laughs> mad be and so I love mad. magic but I would be like sir
1: I'd be like what get out what did you say get yeah. out <laughs> now if you walk up to me with a deck of cards and you're like do you want to play gin rummy while we're in this club I would say sure. absolutely yeah. I do yeah <laughs> um yeah <laughs> Examples of such magicians include Jeff McBride, Dave Abbott, Channing Pollock, Black Herman, and Fred Capps. Okay, close-up magic. Um, close-up magic or table magic is performed with the audience close to the magician, sometimes even one-on-one. It usually makes use of everyday items as uh, props, such as cards, coins, and seemingly impromptu effects. This may be called table magic, particularly when performed as dinner entertainment.
0: Love dinner entertainment. I would love to have a resident magician. Yeah. People are always like, oh, would you rather have, like, I've heard as an icebreaker question, people being like, oh, would you prefer to have, you know, a a chef, a personal chef or a personal like housekeeper?
1: Yeah. A personal
0: magician. (laughs) A personal table magician.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I well I really need close-up magic on a daily basis
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: um <laughs> the next one is called pickpocket magic <laughs> okay this Which feels like it feels toes like a line. Scratch. yeah <laughs> yeah Um, pickpocket magicians use magic to misdirect members of the audience while removing wallets, belts, ties, and other personal effects. Removing a tie. That would be impressive. Yeah. I just don't,
0: man, how does magic work? How does magic work? How do they do it? Any of it. Any of it.
1: I'm so confused. Have you
0: seen the ones where they like, are like, oh, is this your card? And then they like cut open an orange Yes. David Blaine used to do that. How can someone explain Uh, this to me? No. And also I was
1: looking up David Blaine and he is 50 years old and that made me feel very, very old. I don't like that. I (laughs) I don't don't like like that. that. Um, next is mentalism. (sighs) Oh yeah. This is where we get into the good stuff. Yeah. Um, mentalism creates the impression in the minds of the audience that the performer possesses special powers to read thoughts, predict events, control other minds, and similar feats. It can be presented on a stage, in a cabaret setting, before small close-up groups, or even for one spectator. <laughs> mentalism for one spectator. Is yeah.
0: So good. <laughs> Worst therapist <laughs> of all time. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? Here. Who is
1: that lady the the Long Island? I don't think she's a Long Island medium. Medium, Oh my God. We've got to go to one of those shows. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, next are seances. Ooh. Theatrical seances simulate spiritualistic or mediumistic phenomena for theatrical effect. This genre of stage magic, Has been misused at times by charlatans pretending to actually be in contact
0: with spirits or supernatural forces. Hmm. Um, So, for for this. So, they're saying that seances aren't supposed to be serious.
1: I think they're saying that um, there have been times where magicians who are like known for being magicians and what they do isn't in the spirit realm Mm -hmm. have used seances and Mm -hmm. uh, as a form of trickery without letting the audience in on it. Mm. I, you know, and I don't know if true seances are what, you know, some people believe they are, but you know, I have to think that there's a difference between a magician doing it and
0: yeah. A medium.
1: um, Yeah. And a medium. Um, for this reason, some well known magicians, such as James Randy, aka the Amazing Randy.
0: <laughs> oh, I love the Amazing Randy.
1: <laughs> it just sounds like a cool stepdad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have made it their goal to debunk such paranormal phenomena and illustrate that any such effects may be achieved by natural or human means. Randy was the foremost skeptic in this regard in the United States um next is children's magic oh no (laughs) this is exactly what you think children's magic is performed for any audience primarily composed of children it is typically performed at birthday parties preschools elementary schools sunday schools or libraries i mean what sunday school is allowing yeah
0: yeah yeah um this it's a real water into wine situation
1: that would be the best is if like a magician went to a sunday school and turned water into wine
0: Please. oh my god i'm just imagining yeah a biblical magician who's just trying to <laughs> to hack into doing jesus's miracle it's the whole
1: church with yeah, yeah five loaves and two fishes. Yeah.
0: there's like a, a pool of water and he splits it in half <laughs> he walks across the baptismal tank on top yeah of he dies but then comes back three days <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god that's so good jesus Brings does the original magician
0: honestly yeah <laughs> <Lucas>. <laughs>
1: Um, this type of magic is usually comedic in nature and involves audience interaction as well as volunteer assistance. Uh the next one is math magic. Oh, <laughs> this is the worst possible kind. I that's the only kind of magic show I do not want to go to. Math magic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Math magic is a genre of stage magic that combines magic and mathematics. <laughs> it is commonly used by children's magicians and mentalists. I just can't imagine. Yeah, like.
0: What like, is what, happening? What can you like, do to math to make it. <laughs> math is already like, kind of like ununderstandable. It's already yeah. its own. But it's also, it's like, it's very concrete. You know, there's not a mm-hmm. lot of like it's either it's correct or it's incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> Math magic. I'm gonna look that up for
1: sure. Please. I need to know. Um, the next kind is corporate magic. <laughs> <laughs> I These are just, just why could not no be rolling need. my eyes harder. <laughs> Corporate magic or trade show magic uses magic as a communication and sales tool. <laughs> I mean, you gotta love it. Oh, <sighs> sales tool. <laughs> um, and uh, as opposed to just straightforward entertainment, corporate magicians may come from a business background and typically present at meetings, conferences, and product launches. I mean, capitalism is getting very creative.
0: Yeah, we need to put it out of its misery,
1: honestly. Please. Uh, They run workshops and can sometimes be found at trade shows where their patter and illusions enhance an entertaining presentation of the products offered by their corporate sponsors. (laughs) Next is gospel magic.
0: (laughs) Which is different from church magic.
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay. Really? Um, because g- church magic was something we made up. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah,
0: we did do that.
1: <laughs> Gospel magic uses magic to ca- catechize. I don't know that word. Catechize. C-A- catechize? What it's does a that ca- mean?
0: It's like catechism. Did you ever have to recite catechism? I did not. That was not in my religion. Oh. I don't really know what it is. It was just a bunch of stuff that I had to memorize in the fucking third grade.
1: Oh, I still God. remember.
0: It was it's like a I, I guess just like a set of rules or something. Okay. <laughs> I don't like sure. doctrine cuz like That sounds all I, all I remember is that the first catechism is the teacher would say what is man's chief end and my third grade self would have to recite man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And it would just go on and on. There'd be like a million of them. What is woman's chief end? (sighs) To get the fuck out of there.
1: (laughs) Gospel magic was first used by St. John Bosco to interest children in 19th century Turin, Italy, to come back to school, to accept assistance and to attend church. Uh, The Jewish equivalent is termed Torah magic. Amazing. (laughs) Love it. Um, street magic is a form of street performing or busking that employs a hybrid of stage magic, platform, and close-up magic, usually performed in the round or surrounded by the audience. Hmm. Notable modern street magic performers include Jeff Sheridan and Gazo. Since the first David Blaine TV special, Street Magic, aired in 1997, the term street magic has also come to describe a style of guerrilla performance (laughs) in in which magicians approach and perform for unsuspecting members of the public on the street. Unlike traditional street magic, this style is almost purely designed for the TV and gains its impact from the wild reactions of the public. Next is shock magic. Oh, Shock magic is a genre of magic that shocks the audience. (laughs) Sometimes referred to as geek magic, it takes its roots from circus sideshows in which freakish performances were shown to audiences. Common shock magic or geek magic effects include eating razor blades, needle through arm, string through neck, and pin through tongue.
0: I don't like any of those.
1: None of those sound good. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And like, I don't know. I feel like it's not even
0: impressive. I'd just be like, "Do you need an Yeah, I'd be like, I I have nine one one on speed dial."
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's go check out this museum, shall we? Yes. So the American Museum of Magic was founded in 1978 in Marshall, Michigan. The building, constructed in 1868, was formerly formerly a saloon, a clothing store, and a billiard parlor. This museum is filled to the brim with props from the greatest magicians of the 19th and 20th centuries. The museum houses over half a million items of memorabilia. That's so much.
0: I know it's wild. It's just, they're counting every card in a deck of cards.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So 52 times. Yeah.
0: Yeah, You do the math. You do the math. math I I refuse to do it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, There are books, magazines, photographs, letters, and handbills. One of the biggest highlights is an escape apparatus that was used by none other than Harry Houdini. Uh, This apparatus is the milk can from his famous milk can escape. Mm. Um, And there's an Atlas Obscura article about the escape. So here we go. Quote, the American Museum of Magic in Michigan celebrated the opening of its 35th season earlier this month with the return of one of its most prized objects, the milk can of Harry Houdini. The old metal jug had been on tour with the traveling Houdini art and magic exhibition. It was famously used by the magician in the milk can escape, which he first performed in 1901. After being handcuffed, he was uh, closed inside the milk can that had been dramatically filled over the brim with pail after pail of water. After a curtain was drawn with the audience attempting to hold its breath along with him, He would make his escape. The promotional posters for the milk can escape had the ominous tagline, quote, failure means a drowning death. (laughs) Just you love to, you know, truly scare the fuck out of audience members. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, he never failed to escape his fate ending up with some well-placed punches that damaged his appendix and ultimately led to his death after a performance at the Garrick Theater in Detroit, not too far from the American Museum of Magic. While how he escaped this watery tomb each night of his performance remained a mystery during his life, a few years after his death, Walter Gibson published a book purportedly based on Houdini's own notes and drawings. The top of the milk can, while nearly impossible to remove from the outside, was actually quite easy to push out from the inside. And Houdini had only to place it back on the milk can securely for it to pass inspection once he'd walked out, wet but free, to face the cheering crowd. Cute. <laughs> wet but free. Wet but free. I mean, come on. <laughs> After being stored and unused, the milk can fell into disrepair but a Michigan magician named John Sherwood restored the milk can with another magician, Phil Haggerty, according to the American Museum of Magic. Through Sherwood, who performed with the milk can in 1994 and 1998, the magic of this Houdini artifact yet again escaped an end that seemed certain and now returned to its permanent display at the American Museum of Magic, it can continue to evoke the memory of the legendary escape artist's intrepid experiments with escape. Uh, The owner of the museum, Robert Lund, is the true embodiment of the phrase, those who can't do, teach. (laughs) Um, Also, that whole thing made me want to watch... Gosh, what was it? Do you remember when like, the two magician movies came out like back to back like there was the illusionist oh the prestige mm. and I have you seen either of them? no what no oh my god oh my god I'm adding it to our movie night list okay great. they are great movies um but great. yeah like in gosh I feel like it was like 2005 or 2006 or something um there were like two incredible movies kind of based around magic that came out Mm. um and they're both awesome so we will watch those Um, so anyways robert lund the owner of the museum Mm -hmm. from wikipedia quote the american museum of magic was founded by the late robert lund a detroit area writer and editor who was an obsessed collector of magic artifacts with the assistance of his wife the late elaine lund It is said Mr. Lund liked the craft and skills, but decided early on that he lacked the showmanship necessary to become a world-class magician. Instead, Lund determined that his mark on magic would be to become its foremost student of magic history and collect everything he could find that related to his beloved art. Following his lifelong quest, he ultimately gathered a collection that grew to be one of the world's largest and greatest. Um, after Robert's death in 1995 and Elaine's death in 2006, the museum continued on. Sarah Schultz is now the director at the museum um, and from Roadside America. Quote, obscure artifacts are everywhere here. The costume of Milky the Clown shares... <laughs> Milky the Clown. No. <laughs> shares floor space with the sequence. Sequined Suits of Signor (laughs) Ray, the Liberace of Magic. (laughs) Liberace. What a title. (laughs) There's a disturbingly realistic guillotine, a ventriloquist dummy double used by Jay Marshall in his comedy Magic Act, Harry Blackstone's levitating skull, and a scroll given to Jean-Eugène Robert Houdin by the French government after he had used his magic tricks to spook the leaders of Algeria into submission. And then they put put in parentheses, perhaps our foreign policy could be expedited by a draft of quality magicians. Um, Gaudy, eye-catching placards and one sheets for performers such as the mental wizard Noonan and Murray, the Australian escapologist, With images of skeletons, scantily clad women, whispering red devils, and men in tuxedos, fill the walls up to the lofty ceiling. The museum has 5,000 more that it does not have the space to display. Whoa. What a collection. I have one review. (laughs) So most of the reviews, like, there weren't a ton Sure. Um, and most of the reviews were just, you know, seemingly incredible. Um, everyone there is very knowledgeable. Um, you know, it seems to be affordable. So mm-hmm. people were pretty happy with it. Yeah. However, Tiffany, um, gave the museum two stars and said, I don't care about this town. It wasn't good enough. <laughs> Tiff, Tiffany. Don't take it out on the museum. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's not the museum's fault that the town sucks ass. I don't know if the town sucks ass or not. Who knows? But to Tiffany, her standards, you know. Um, and that was the
0: American Museum of Magic. Whoa, I love it. Thank you. I love magic. Now I want to go rewatch for humans there's also i, I got watch one that we watched um i don't remember the guy's name but just some really great content out there
1: if a weird sound just came through it's because i reached the bottom of my mojito
0: mm-hmm.
1: so really sad day
0: very sad very <laughs> sad for all of us yeah <laughs> wow, great job thank you I- thank you um am obviously going to spend a lot of time on YouTube. Tonight, yeah. Yeah. Looking same. at math magic.
1: Were you the one who told me about the um, David Blaine parody?
0: Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And
1: I had never seen it before. Oh it's my so God. funny. Yes.
0: It's so good. And um, Mikey Day is now on SNL. Yeah. God bless um, him. God bless him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Such a good video. Yeah. Campers. (laughs) Hi. Hi. Um, I mean, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I definitely did. Tell us your favorite magic trick or your favorite magic memory. Did you have a rich friend who had a magician at their birthday party Oh, Um, who is your favorite magician? Who's your favorite rich friend? Um, (laughs) What's if, if you had a personal table magician, Mm -hmm. you know, what would you want them to pull out of their hat every day? Yeah. Is it Joe Bluth?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Joe Bluth as a personal magician would be the worst. Just catastrophic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would do it. yeah um, absolutely. Campers. Where were we? Um <laughs> I didn't get to any of the housekeeping. No, no, no. I am just, just pandering. I was pandering so far. Um, okay. That's well, show that business, I've, baby. That's showbiz. <laughs> All right. Um, now that I've bantered with you, um please take a minute to uh subscribe if you haven't already subscribe to this podcast, review it, rate it, whatever you can. That would be great. Tell your friends, tell your cool family members. Maybe you have a nice aunt. Yeah. Who's not your ever lover to cussing. Yes. <laughs> not, not your aunt as your lover, but just your aunt comma, no. your lover comma. comma yeah. Comma, we're <laughs> listing pe- people. Yeah. Um, they might like to know about magic and about museums. Yeah, they uh, might. just send them a quick link. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, you can find us on social media uh, mm-hmm. at the Museum Camp Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Mm-hmm. You no, know, all the all the big guys. Um, we're there. We're hanging out. Um. And if you would like even more interaction with us, I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, <laughs> we are on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash the museum camp. Uh, we've got some good stuff going on there and we've got more in the pipeline once I move back and Megan and I can collaborate IRL. Just yeah, we're working. On hold on to, to s- your bridges. Hold
1: on to your bridges. We're working on a way to
0: saw all of you in half. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to get... Uh, some of those cool boxes. Oh uh, yeah! But you have to contort a bit.
1: Yeah, it'll be fine.
0: It'll um, be so good. <laughs> we're gonna learn some math magic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh god, <you're> kill me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and is that everything? Yeah, I think so. I think so. We've Get been doing this a while, and I never remember how to. Yeah, it's fine. How we're to bring doing great home. we're doing amazing yeah <laughs> um campers thank you so much for listening we love you um and we'll see